Bitcoin. Good morning, Bitcoiners. Welcome to Pow Bitcoin. This is July 7th, 2017, your quick market update. All right, let's go over some uh, fundamentals of Bitcoin. It is looking like a little bit of a reversal here. And um, I'm going to go over a couple little stories that I saw yesterday. Uh, one of them is Bitmain's a uh, Bitcoin ABC client that they're developing. I'm going to talk about that. And also, uh, you know, just a glimpse into the heart of mega blockers. And we'll get to that. But first, let's do those, those fundamentals. Bitstamp 2554, the price is up from a week ago, and I think last week we just had passed 2503, so we're up about $50 from there. OKCoin okay, futures, though, the three-month futures are down like another $100, so they're sitting right at 2600 That future spread is $45. Uh, it keeps getting lower and lower, I think... Uh, I mean, that's that's good for a big move up. You don't want to start a big move up from like a spread that's, you know, premium on the futures that's already in the multiples of hundreds. I don't even know if you can start a big move with that, but I mean, it's just going down. And remember, I said this is kind of like my SegWit uh, certainty index, I guess. I don't know exactly what I called it. Uh, I don't think it's good that it's coming down like this. I really don't. I, I feel like there's people are starting to realize that, uh, or they're starting to get worried. Oh, Segwit2x has been out for what a week now, almost, and nothing. Like the beta release is out for a week and nothing. Just hold on. We're gonna see some signaling in the next week or two. Uh, the twenty first is their deadline to start signaling, and they have to start signaling. I mean, this user activated soft work is building steam. People are starting to get very emotional and very. Um, passionate again about user activated software and that's coming so they have to signal beforehand and don't worry jihan will come out with something you know watch out for this the the, the market is in a precarious spot we did break out from this triangle that we were forming this consolidation but we haven't definitively broken out i thought when i saw that the, the triangle breakout and the hash rate jump up which I talked about on my full-length episode that I just released. Um, when I saw the hash rate jump up, I'm like, okay, that's confirmation that this is, is a good breakout. But that hash rate came back down. Uh, we'll talk about that here in a couple seconds. And uh, the price has not followed through. Um, so I don't know. I, I think we could see a little move down here. We'll talk about some of these statistics that are not uh, signaling continuation. So... The local Bitcoin's volume. Well, this this one's a little bit low. It's a little. It's like average five hundred. Oh, sorry, five hundred. Five point three million in the last twenty four hours. Um, last time I talked about it is five point one. Uh, that is average, but you know, to see a breakout, we want to see that jump up to seven or eight million in twenty four hours, and uh, we just haven't seen that follow through on the local Bitcoins. Uh, network volume five hundred and thirty eight million in the last twenty four hours. That is low. Especially low being a Thursday to Friday, you know, I if that was on a Sunday or something, then that would be okay. But uh, it's to me, this is uh, pretty low. It's signaling non-continuation. The average transaction volume or the average transaction size on the network is uh, two thousand three hundred and ninety-two. That's significantly under its what about one hundred fifty dollars under a full Bitcoin, and that full Bitcoin mark is the average I want to I want to see that at 
you know, we see it over, that means we're going to be going up in price, most likely. Uh, and if it's this far under, that's not a good sign. So this is, to me, signaling more consolidation still. We have It's not confirming the breakout of the price. Mempool is uh, 13 megabytes. This has been low. I mean, I saw it get as low. What were people saying? Eight megabytes. I don't check it every single day, but, um, you know, I, I saw some people talking about it pretty low. Um, 13 megabytes, it's moving up a tiny bit. But to me, like if the price was really moving and there was demand shooting up, we would see this increase at least to like 20. Okay. But we're not seeing that. So it's not confirming this breakout. Estimated difficulty. You know, I talked about this on the full length episode and the hash rate just, it just went to the moon. It went up like 30% in 24 hour period and everyone's like holy shit that's crazy and now it's pulled back it's subsided down to only a 10% increase and it's dropping fast like the last uh let me pull up the chart here on this this uh, link the 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 source that I link in the show notes if you go there they have a uh like a it's not even a 5 day it's like a 3 day line and a 7 day line and a 2 week line well the, the actual difficulty adjustment goes off of the last 2016 block average. So that's sitting at 10%, but the three-day one's skied, and then it has come down. Now it's even below the 2016 average line. So that's sitting at about like 7%. So we'll see what happens. Who knows what this was? My interpretation when I saw this coming back down was, um, well, when I saw it going up, I realized that this was, you know, Jihan trying to pump up the difficulty before the user activates soft fork. Maybe now, since it's falling so quickly, almost as quickly as it went up, this could be a shot across the bow. Look, guys, I have all this hash power in reserve. Are you going to F with me? I have, I'm ready for this hard fork. Don't F with me, people. Um, to me, as a Segwit2x person, if I was like a signatory to the Segwit2x, I would be asking these questions of Bitmain. What the hell is going on here? What the hell? Are you planning on sticking with me? Because if you're not, we can join the user activate software. you got to have a backup plan in your back pocket, ready to whip out for these bit, this Bitmain attack. Bitmain, this to me looks like an attack on the network. If you look at it, like if you look at it unemotionally, just as a matter of fact, and you look at this, it looks like an attack on the network. So that's what's happening with difficulty. I don't think it'll stay at 10% at this rate here we could be dropping down to uh in seven days is the next difficulty i mean it could go to even but i think it'll probably stick around five percent because bitmain doesn't want to jump this difficulty too much either um they want to have some hash rate in reserve so you know i'm, I'm thinking five the five to ten percent region there okay that's hash rate blockchain the blockchain value density is creeping up remember there's there's a certain amount of millions per day added just by the block reward right so uh, 12.5 every 10 minutes so the market cap will steadily increase even if price stays steady and there's a certain amount of value that needs to be added to the bitcoin ecosystem every 10 minutes just to or on average every 10 minutes just to keep the price steady uh, and you'll see that in this this number. So this is uh, slightly higher than it was last time I talked about it. Last time I talked about it, it was, uh, 330. Now it's at $340,000 per megabyte in Bitcoin. So this 
is good. It's solid, but it's it's not signaling confirmation. Like if the price went up to three thousand, this would jump to four hundred thousand per megabyte or so. Okay, gold and dollar. Um, I also want to talk about the S and P five hundred. So gold is, man, it is looking, it's also in a precarious spot. And if there was a fat finger right now, this could drop below 1200. And a couple weeks ago, I started talking about, hey, I'm super uber bullish on this. But uh, right now, I'm somewhat neutral. Um, I don't know if it has the gusto to get, to break out here, to break that trend line. I would like to see it return to the trend line. If it returned there, you know, people would have to start talking about it again. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 having a very hard time and if I'm looking at buying a safe haven asset, gold just looks like crap. There's no way I would buy. It. I would on a like if if gold dipped to into the 1100s, maybe I would buy it, but the upside is only a $100 upside. Where if uh, I buy Bitcoin, I mean the upside is 10x, right? So a lot of people, they're going to wait for a dip in gold and or a dip in Bitcoin and buy in. And uh, of course, a million dollars into Bitcoin is going to have a lot more effect than a million dollars into gold, which would have like no effect. All right, DXY. Uh, it's 95.90. I tweeted out a image or a chart yesterday. Um, it did not like it. DXY formed some uh, a structure up there around 100. Uh, it tried to go up there and break into that as resistance uh, again, but it failed and it started dropping. I think this is going to continue dropping. Now, it is it is heavily weighted against the euro, like 60%, and I think like 15% to the yen or maybe even 20% to the yen. So there, it is kind of a centralized or a uh, not quite one-to-one -one with the euro, but if you take the euro and the yen, it's like 75% of this index. So... Uh, you do have that. And Tone Vase said, this is not a measure of a weak or strong dollar. I think he's talking about inflation, right? Like this is not a measure of inflation. And don't get me wrong when I talk about this. It's obviously not a measure of inflation, but it is a measure of a strong or weak dollar relative to other currencies. If there's no backing to fiat currency, how do you measure a strong or weak uh, currency? Well, you have to do a relative index. And that's what this is. This is a relative index. The dollar is like 60% of the world as a world reserve currency. It takes up 60% of the global financial markets is, is dollars. The, the euro is like 30%. So that's 90% almost. So this is a very good measure of the strength, relative strength of the dollar. And it keeps going down. Um, it, it might bounce here, go, go up to 96 or 97 but by this time next year, it's probably going to be lower. I, and I stick with my assertion or my theory that the dollar is the dirtiest shirt. It's not the cleanest shirt like everybody says. It's the dirtiest shirt and it is going to – it has to crash before these other things crash because people have to flee the dollar or else the, the Fed will just pump everybody else's central bank up and keep everyone else's currency afloat too. So uh, you know, the dollar is the backstop. We have to take the stop from the door. Uh, whatever. Uh, that's, I think it's going to fall first. Okay. The S and P 500, let me bring that up real fast. It's, it's not looking good either. I know tone talks about this, but, uh, I, he's like, you don't have this long a chance to get out of the market. Well, if you look at this, it's a rounding top. That is a, uh, a feature or a type of, uh, formation that 
technical analysts look at. To me, this looks like a rounding top. It did look like a rounding top back in March as well in a, in a similar way, not as perfect as this one, but, um, you know, this, this could be a rounding top and it had a really bad day yesterday. And if it continues to fall, it, it could, it could fall pretty quick. Um, there is some support just about what 15 points below where we are right now. And then there's significant support about a hundred points below where we are right now. So it, it has, it has a long way to go to finish this top, kind of top here, but, uh, it, it's, it's not, I don't think it's going up anytime in, in the immediate future. This is probably going down. If you look at the other indices, like the FTSE and, and the da the German DAX, they are all having trouble too. Like everybody's kind of turning down at the same time. So this is an overall, you know, broad sense, global kind of pullback. Um, and it, it happens to coincide with everybody starting to talk a little bit more strong from the central banks. The, the Federal Reserve is talking about increasing interest rates, continue to increase in interest rates and uh, trying to get a hold of their balance sheet. That's not bullish, especially for the U.S. market. But since it touches everybody, it's not bu it's not bullish for anybody. Um, the German or the ECB is, is, you know, had, they're starting to talk about at the end of 2018, pulling back their QE. So, you know, they're starting to talk more hawkish. The BOE is starting to talk more hawkish. So, um, it is, it's not looking good for these guys. It's, it's obviously shows a connection here between free money, print money and stock market returns. Okay. It's, it's my claim that if you take this free uh, money out of the system the stock market is not sustainable at this level it's all a big scam the stock market is a big scam it's gonna if you know if the fed turned around and said we're gonna print 40 or 50 billion a month the stock market would take off again and this started back with greenspan i think it was in 87 he made the choice at the 87 crash he made the choice to save the s p to save the stock market with central bank policy and since then, they've been able to do both. They've been able to save the stock market and save the dollar. But in the future, there is going to be a point when they're going to have to say, look, we can't save both. And I think they're starting to come to this realization. You know, to save the dollar, they have to raise interest rates. They have to give themselves some room for the next crisis. But to, by doing that, you're going to crash the market. So you got to uh, decide here. The, the, the central banks are deciding between saving their currency and saving their stock market. And which are they going to choose? I probably save their, their currency because that's what all their power relies on. You know, they can take a 25% decrease in the stock market uh, if they save their currency because they can just wait a year and pump that right back up, you know, with some easy money policy. So there, there's that. Bitcoin. Okay, last, I have some news bits here about a tweet from Rhinex Charles. He creates, or he is working on the Yours Network. It's supposed to be kind of like a Steemit type social media platform. And he had a poll out the other day. Okay, so here's Rhinex Charles. He says, everyone should run a node. What's the best way? To make everyone rich so that nodes feel cheaper because everyone's rich and, and nodes become more expensive, but everyone's rich so they run a, a node. Or to make nodes cheaper. And 50%, he only had 318 votes on this. And I see some people that I follow, I get like 500 votes on my polls that I rarely do, but I'll get 500, 600 votes. He, he only got 320. And 
57% said make notes cheaper, even with his little bubble that he's in, this mega blocker bubble. And then he responded after it was over. He said, 57% of my followers don't see the potential of Bitcoin. The world's most free market will make everyone rich. But that's not the case. Free markets don't make everyone rich. Free markets are like an end in itself because it, you're free. Free, uh, They make the most able people rich. Where the market we have now, when it's a regulated market and um, uber regulated, then only the scammers get rich. Only the people that are in this, the, this privileged bubble get rich. When a free market, the most able people get rich that bring everybody else up as well. But there are people that are always going to be poor. You can't stop, like, look at these ICOs. You can't stop people from giving away their money, from being dumbasses and losing all their money, gambling it away, whatever. You can't stop dumbasses. You can't help everybody. There's always going to be poor people. That's my my opinion. I mean, you have charity. I will I will give people charity, but I'm I don't want these people to get ahead by taking from everyone else. That's wrong. Okay, um, and so then there was my favorite response to this tweet was from Alphonse, Alphonse Pace. He's the alpaca uh, account that's everywhere. He's really, really good, He's really on top of this. He's one of the, I would say, you know, uh, most connected people, experts kind of uh, in the space. He said, the divide in Bitcoin comes down to those who think Bitcoin exists to increase freedom versus those who think it exists to make them rich. And that's exactly true. The, all these mega blockers are trying to get rich. They're not trying to increase freedom because they probably think, you know, I, I'm not getting rich. Look at this Bitcoin. It's not making me rich. My project isn't going. So I need bigger blocks. That's what's wrong. I'm Coinbase or BitPay. I, I can't scale. So there's something wrong with the system. It's not that there's something wrong with me. Take an internal look, people. There's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with your business and your business model. It's not something wrong with freedom. Give people the most freedom, the most decentralization, and let a thousand flowers blossom. But these guys think, oh no, there's something wrong with that because I am not getting ahead. I, you know, I, my ideas have failed, so there's got to be something wrong here. Bitcoin. Um, last thing is a ABC, Bitcoin ABC. This is the client that Bitmain is developing as a countermeasure to the user activated software, which, guys, there's way, there's, 10 times more development happening on Bitcoin ABC than the Segwit2x, the BTC1 repo. That should make you think in the back of your mind, what the hell is going on here? Why would there be more development happening on this one than the one that everyone has agreed to run? It's because I don't, th- I don't think Bitmain has any intention on following through with this Segwit2x. They're going to pull out. They're just trying to get people to stop this user activist software. That's why we got to power on. We got to power forward. We got to contact those exchanges, contact your service providers, tell them they better not risk your Bitcoin. And they would be dumb if they risked their business on not doing user activity software. It's going to supposedly SegWit's going to be here before that. So what is the risk? What is the risk about doing user activity software if 2X is supposed to be before? And if it, if they pull out, if there's bad actors in this agreement, then the user activity software slaps them in the face. Keeps them in line. 
We have to contact those people, contact our service providers, contact the exchanges, get them on board, get them supporting their guaranteeing to support user activity software. I mean, they might as well. Uh, so this ABC, Bitcoin ABC client, they're stripping out all the, the SegWit stuff and they're, they call it decorifying. I mean, this is how political these people are. And I had a tweet about this. I said, like, the political venom is dripping from this this repository. And it's true. Like, they hate Core. The, their hatred comes through. Their political hatred for Core comes through. We cannot support them. We need to fight them. They are going to be attacking Bitcoin. And it all matches up with this mega blocker thing and the decorifying Bitcoin. We got to stand up to them. We got to stop them. Thank you guys for joining me. My name is Ansel Linder. This is Powell Bitcoin from Bitcoin and Markets. If you'd like to support me making more content, go to patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and Markets. Like, subscribe, share this around. Appreciate everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.